Jalen I made it official. He will forego his senior football season and this year's Orange Bowl uh, to declare for the NFL Draft. Tennessee picks up a four-star linebacker. That class of 2023 is looking pretty good. All that and more here on your Thursday, Locked on Balls. You are Locked on Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome into it. It's your Thursday edition of Locked On Vols, a part of Locked On Podcast Network. That is your team every single day. I'm your host, Eric Kane. You can always find me on Twitter at underscore Kaner and at Locked On Vols. Remember, hey, we're, we're on that push here. 6K by Christmas Day, 6,000 subscribers on the YouTube channel uh, before Christmas Day. That is the goal. We're getting close, still a couple hundred away, so we, we need to we need to really put a uh, pedal to the metal here in the last week or two. So I appreciate you guys for that, and of course, listening. Uh, to the show wherever you find your podcast. All right, so segment one, Jalen Hyatt. Segment two, Arian Carter. Segment three, we'll take a look at the offensive line position for the Tennessee Vols in 2023. And it was never a matter of if, it was always a matter of when. I've kind of been trying to express that the last uh, couple of days, especially this week, a little bit last week. I mean, Jalen Hyatt, right? I mean, it's he would be foolish not to go and uh, go ahead and do his part to try to go into the NFL, right? I mean, there's... We talked about the latest projections for Tennessee players last week in terms of Mel Kuyper Jr. with his rankings. Uh, Jalen Hyatt was the sixth highest uh, wide receiver uh, among the draft el- eligible wide receivers for the class of 2023. And I mean, some pr- projections have him as a late first rounder. I think he'll be a second rounder regardless. That is that is too good a draft position to take the take the chance of coming back and. You know, how much more do you got to gain? Sure, I know there's I know there's millions and millions upon dollars that you could you could come back and try to improve your draft stock, but what if you get hurt? You know, what 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 if something happens and it derails your projections and your productions and all that type of stuff? And what if it didn't even matter and you were drafted in the same spot anyway? You lost a, a year off your playing career, so you just never know. Nothing's guaranteed in football, so you always got to jump when you have that opportunity. And that's what Jalen Hy- Hyatt's going to do, and and as he should. It was the smart business decision. However, what comes with that is the new trend and the new fad of uh, college football. Jalen Hyatt will not play in the Orange Bowl. I know a lot of people don't like that, and a lot of people uh, can't come to can't can't come to terms with that's how college football is nowadays. And I mean, hey, it took me a little while as well. And so I'm, I'm nothing against you if you're one of those people. Uh, but that is college football. It, it is what it is. And if you think regular bowls don't matter now, if you think the regular bowls don't matter now with a 14 college football playoff. When that son of a gun gets up to 12 teams in 2024, the bowls that are not a part of the playoffs, I mean, you're going to see more and more people opting out, even with teams in the college football playoffs, trying to play for a national championship. That's just where we are right now. Um, the the receiver from Ohio State, don't blame him whatsoever. That dude's going to be a top 10 pick. He's not healthy. Okay, he's not been healthy all year long. He's not played pretty much all year long for Ohio State. I don't I don't blame him. I don't blame him at all. Um. It's just kind of where we are, though. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's just kind of where we are in college football. It is what it is. Uh, but Jalen Hyde did come out, and this was his letter he addressed to uh, the, the fan base. Uh, where do I even begin is how he starts it. If you're watching on YouTube, i got to put on my glasses because I literally can't see a thing. Where do I even begin? This is Jalen Hyde. The past three years have been filled with so many ups and downs and have helped me become the man I am today. Uh, together with my brothers and coaches – 
We've built this program back to where it deserves to be, among, among the best in the country, through hard work and perseverance. It has been such a rewarding experience to be a Tennessee volunteer, and there are so many who guided me along the way. Thank you to our coaching and support staffs, especially Coach Heibel, Coach Golish, Coach Burns, Coach Boat, for believing in me the past two years. You gave me the confidence and the strength to help me take my games to the next level. Thank you to my teammates, the bonds uh, we built after everything we went through and have made this experience enjoyable. You pushed me to be my best, and I love you guys. Thank you to Vol Nation, your loyalty and passion, even during the um, hardships, never wavered. There was nothing like a Saturday in Neyland, and that's because of you. I'm so grateful for the interactions that we've had. To my mom, thank you for the, being the guiding light and the guardian angel. You taught me uh, the importance to stay humble and appreciative and understanding of what God always has uh, in store for me. I always look forward to your daily prayer text each morning. Thank you for always giving me a hard time with my grades or taking my phone uh, when I was a distraction. As, uh, as my track coach, you pushed me to use the gift of speed. To my dad, this was always the plan, right? I'm so thankful for all the early morning and late night workouts you taught me. The importance of doing the 1% extra. You once asked me for forgiveness for times that you never let up on me or only pointed out the times that I didn't play well. No forgiveness is needed. I understand it now. You wanted me to understand that I should have always strived for excellence. Those moments helped me shape me into who I am today. Uh, I can't wait until our next game of catch. Uh, that's awesome. If you remember, first of all, this is such a long letter. I didn't anticipate it being this long. Uh, it's really making me feel like I need some some lessons in terms of uh, speed reading. Um, if you remember the, the the tweet that Jamie Hyatt sent out a couple days ago after Jalen won the Blitnikoff, talking about playing catch with them all throughout their childhood or all throughout his childhood and said, I can't wait to play another game of catch. And <clears throat> wow, right here. I can't wait until our next game of catch from Jalen Hyatt. Two more paragraphs. Um, after careful consideration with my family, I've decided to begin preparation for the 2023 NFL Draft. Though I will not be playing in the Orange Bowl, I will be, I'll be in Miami to support my teammates like I always have. I have tried to do the best of my ability to honor those who have come before me and to pay it forward to those who will come after. The volunteer spirit will remain with me forever as I pursue a lifelong dream of playing in the NFL. Thank you and go Vols. Again, lengthy little letter there. I forgot it was that long. That's I probably shouldn't have read the whole thing. But some heartfelt words there from uh, Jalen Hyatt, right? Heartfelt words from, from Jalen Hyatt, who um, is uh, going to declare for the NFL draft that he's not going to play in the Orange Bowl. And uh, that just kind of is what it is. I mean, what a, what a career, what a season, really, for Jalen Hyatt. Came on as a freshman, had a couple touchdowns. You saw the potential there. Super-duper letdown season for Hyatt as a sophomore. Bounces back, responded the right way and did everything you wanted to, winning the Blitnikoff Award, 1,267 yards, 15 touchdowns this past season on 67 receptions. It was an absolute no contest that he uh, was going to be a Blitnikoff Award winner. Um, he's already been named to like three different All-American teams. He will be a consensus All-American when it's all said and done. There's no doubt about it. He had five 100-yard receiving games, scored multiple touchdowns on five separate occasions this year. He scored a touchdown on Tennessee's first offensive possession of the season against Ball State. I mean, it can just go on and on and on. The five-touchdown game against Alabama had two touchdowns against LSU. He had two touchdowns against Kentucky. I mean, he he certainly you know left a left a legacy here at, at Tennessee and at the wide receiver position. So, congrats to Jalen Hyatt. No doubt about it. A phenomenal, phenomenal season. Well deserving and. He'll be, uh, in my opinion, probably a second-round draft pick come uh, come April or May, whenever that draft is. And so exciting to see uh, him get through, go out there, go throughout this draft process. He'll go to the combine. He will run a four three forty, and that's what everybody will be talking about all week long. And 
everybody here that's a Tennessee fan or covers the team is going to say, well, yeah, we've seen that. You know, we've seen that. We know what that's all about. So Jalen Hyatt will not be here next year. He is not going to play in the Orange Bowl. He's going to go to the NFL Draft. Cedric Tillman is not going to be playing in the Orange Bowl. Darnell Wright earlier this week said that he will play in the Senior Bowl, which means that he's going to go on to the NFL Draft. Uh, but he did not indicate whether he'd play in the Orange Bowl or not. I've been told that he's going to play in the Orange Bowl. So that's kind of where we stand right now. Congrats to Jalen Hyatt. Awesome, awesome stuff. But uh, Tennessee also got some good news on a month or on a Wednesday as well. And we're going to tell you all about the commitment of Arian Carter here in just one second. But first, a message from the NHTSA. You're hanging out with some friends. You're putting back a few drinks. A few becomes too many. As the evening comes to an end and the people start to head out, you I've, uh, if you're watching on YouTube right now, I mean, let's do an instant replay here. How old do I look? I'm reading, I'm reading, I'm reading, I'm reaching for my glasses. I'm putting the glasses on and I'm carrying on. I mean, God, I've become off my grandfather overnight. Goodness gracious. As the evening, I'm not even that old, too. I'm not even 30 yet. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home, right? It's no big deal. What are the odds you're going to get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst can happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, your job, you total your car, you unfortunately may kill somebody. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our very roads. It's to save lives. So... If you're thinking it's okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe, plan ahead, and get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's life forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, guys, welcome back into your Thursday edition of Locked On Balls. Appreciate you guys. We're going to have John Garcia on to talk a little bit more recruiting on tomorrow's episode. A quick little uh, public service announcement. No show on Monday. There will be no Locked On Balls on Monday's show. Got a big weekend coming up, so um, we will not be in position to record an episode for Monday, but Tuesday we'll be back right here on Locked On Balls. So you wake up Monday, there's nothing there. It's by design. We'll be back on Tuesday. Uh, Tennessee got Aaron Carter to commit. Four-star linebacker from Smyrna, Tennessee. Six foot one, 210 pounds. And again, this has been very anti-climatic. You know, it's been very anti-climatic this, uh, this football season in terms of recruiting. Why? Because Tennessee came in with 21 guys that were already hard commits before Tennessee took a snap this fall. Um, you know, there were some other ones. Tennessee went out and got the running back, Khalifa Keith. Tennessee went out. Got David Hobbs. David Hobbs, a top 20 prospect in all the land. Tennessee went out and got, again, a, a, a junior college offensive tackle in Larry Johnson. And then Tennessee is concluding this class, most likely, with Arian Carter. And, and if you're not for certain, if you are not, if you don't remember the story of Arian Carter, um, he's a guy that played uh, that plays running back at Smyrna High School in the Mid-State here in Tennessee. Um, pretty good back, pretty good back. Pretty. I mean, obviously, he's got a, he's got a next-level type body um, in terms of being a football player. 
and he was a Memphis running back commit. He signed on or not. He committed on to go and play running back in Memphis. Uh, he had never played linebacker at the high school level until this year, started playing linebacker. And then after the first month of the season, one power five offer came in, two power five offer came in. And then what do you know? He had 20 power five offers in one week. What a span, what a whirlwind that that, that week must have been, including Tennessee, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, all the, the who's who in college football. Hey, this guy can play defense too. Wow. And it came down between Tennessee and Alabama. I remember I spoke with Aaron Carter. You guys know me. I cover recruiting for VolQuest.com. I, I, I spoke with Aaron Carter back when Tennessee got involved. And, I mean, he was pumped. He was jacked up. And then I asked him about that Alabama offer. He's like, man, that's one I've been waiting on. Grew up an Alabama fan. I know it's not. It's kind of weird to say if you live in Tennessee, but grew up an Alabama fan. My family's Alabama fans. Um, you know, the national championships, when you know, Nick Saban, all that type of stuff. I mean, there was some lure there. There was some attraction. I remember that's the first time I talked to him a couple months ago. And from that point on, I said, hey, if he can go to Alabama, he'll be at Alabama. I remember I told my cohorts, my my colleagues over at VolQuest.com, I said, hey, if he's uh, if he's given the opportunity to go to Alabama, he's going to go to Alabama. I can tell. Well, it came down to Tennessee and Alabama, and he won, we 100% had the opportunity to pick the Crimson Tide over the balls. But instead, it's the relationship that he built with Josh Heupel. So many times you allow coordinators or position coaches or support staffers to take over some of the recruitments. But when there's someone you want, that old the, the head ball coach jumps in there and takes it over. Josh Heupel jumped in and took this one over. Uh, built a great relationship with Arian Carter and, and really brought it home, solidified things earlier this week when he was on the road, went to Smyrna High School, went to Arian Carter's home, and that uh, pretty much sealed it. Signed, sealed, delivered, I'm yours. I mean, that, that's, that's pretty much what Arian Carter said to Josh Heupel earlier this week. What a massive win for Tennessee. Again, I'll get into breaking down Aaron Carter and how he fits in and all that, but what a massive win for Tennessee. Think about it. Tennessee put in the work over the last year and got, got all the commitments in here before the season started pretty much. But since the season started, and it's signing days uh, less than a week away, it's coming up, so you're not completely out of the woods yet, but mind you, on Friday, Tennessee starts bowl practice, and 14 of the 16 early enrollees will be here for bowl practice, which means... That is your that is your national letter of intent right there. So, I mean, you're pretty much to the finish line here. But Tennessee has held off guys like Sylvester Smith with Auburn's coming calling. Tennessee has held off and, and fought off some other teams calling Ricky Gibson and, and some of these other guys. Tennessee went out and got its running back in Cleva Keith. Tennessee went out and added another offensive tackle, offensive lineman, <clears throat> knowing that was a position of need. Tennessee went out and got the number 20 prospect in all the land and David Hobbs. Won out over Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State in that one. And then Tennessee steals Aaron Carter out from under Alabama. I mean, w w what a massive win for Tennessee. How about this close for Josh Hopkins recruiting? I'll say this right now. People want to say, oh, Tennessee's still number 11th in the country. Actually, I'm not sure where they are after the Aaron Carter commit. I'll have to go look that up. Oh, Tennessee's still, you know, outside of the top 10. Tennessee's still fifth in the SEC. Heupel still can't recruit on a consistent basis. Florida's out recruiting Tennessee. I mean, sure, rankings are rankings, and everybody's up for, you know, debate and all that. Tennessee is still... 11th in terms of the national rankings right now, fifth in the SEC, unless it hasn't generated yet. Uh, that's part of the on three metric. But I love the way Josh Heupel's been recruiting the last two cycles. I do. Again, attacking uh, the edge, getting after the quarterback, recruiting a quarterback, recruiting playmakers, early evals that turn into like like Nathan Laycock. Tennessee was on him. No, I mean, sure, like Virginia, Texas, some of the other schools were in them, but. 
I mean, Nathan Laycock exploded this uh, the, you know this season. Everybody came calling. He's like, no, I'm volunteer. I'm volunteer. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, Tennessee. Josh Heupel's recruited well, in my opinion. He really has. And we'll we'll continue tomorrow with um, with John Garcia. We'll break down this class. We'll talk more about it again. But huge win for Tennessee because you beat out Alabama, but also you kept an in-state prospect in-state. That's what's supposed to happen. How bad would it have been if a guy from Smyrna, Tennessee, went on and started Alabama and got drafted in three years? Be a bad look. I mean, it's happened many times in Tennessee over the years, but you know, with with Clemson or Georgia or wherever. Um, that did not happen here with Aaron Carter. Six foot one, two hundred fifteen pounds, Smyrna, Tennessee. Um, he <clears throat> is a really, really good linebacker. Let's see here. Where's my write up? I'll read you the scouting report. This is from Charles Power, director of uh, scouting and rankings for On Three. I think what's exciting about Aaron Carter, first off, the combination of play, speed, and physicality, the speed and striking power, the ability to play fast and physical as a linebacker immediately pops off a senior video early in the season when this film was released. You saw, you saw it get blown up with all these Power Five offers when he was still committed to Memphis. Didn't take very long to acknowledge that he is a four-star prospect. The onslaught of recruiting attention he is getting was more than merited. Merited. Um, I think when you went and look at his profile, we love the we love that uh, he is a prolific running back. That's something you can see in common with a lot of top linebackers, especially ones that you see being drafted into the NFL. Uh, the two-way playmaking abilities often uh, running backs at the high school level are oftentimes the best athletes at their school. I think it's a way to showcase your athleticism, playmaking ability, and honestly, physicality at running back as well. Uh, we love Aaron Carter. Uh, is such an all-around high school player, whether it's with the ball in his hands or on defense. It's a big pickup for Tennessee. This is Charles Power continuing. A big pickup for Tennessee. Coveted linebacker that Alabama and several others wanted, keeping him in state. A guy who was one of the hottest prospects in the entire country over the course of the last couple of months in the 23 cycle. To keep him in state is a really big recruiting win down the stretch. Uh, there's a lot to like about him and his addition to Tennessee's linebacker room, putting him behind a very strong defensive front and group of pass rushers that Tennessee's recruited the last couple of cycles. I think it's a great fit. Big recruiting win, and I like Aaron Carter an awful lot. Again, that's Charles Power, the director of recruiting and scouting and rankings over at On3. He's versatile, can play outside of the box, play inside the box. He Again, he's, his mentality is that of a linebacker. He, uh, you know, for someone that didn't, <clears throat> that didn't play the position a whole lot, he attacks downhill, he goes over the top of the blocks, um, he keeps leverage. He's good against the run, good against the pass. You can tell he played defensive back in the in the uh, in the past as well, because when he's outside covering number two or number one receiver, he buzzes his feet, uh, which is uh, just a trademark of a defensive back right there. So, really, really, really good pickup for Tennessee. We'll talk more with uh, John Garcia about this uh, tomorrow. But man, I love, 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 love this Tennessee defensive. Uh, class. I do. I truly love it. I love these linebackers. Underrated. Aaron Carter, Jeremiah T. Lander, and Jalen Smith. A really, really good group for the University of Tennessee. All right. When we come back, let's take a look at the offensive line. We know about the success of that room this year, but what about that group next year? That's coming up next right here on Locked on Balls. But first, bet online. It's your number one source for your sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college bowl season to basketball to World Cup, we've got it all at betonline.net. If you like sports podcasts like the one you're listening to right now, shout out Locked On Vols. 
You can find those at Bet Online as well, but make sure you listen to this one first, okay? Um, always the fastest and easiest way to get in on all your sports information, your betting inf- info as well. Head on over to the website today. Use your motivized learn about all the latest trends and all the action. Bet Online, it is where the game starts. All right, boys and girls, you got a final segment left here of this Thursday edition. Locked on balls. I'm Eric Kane. Uh, we're going to get into our little offensive line uh, state of the union, tell you tell you who's gone, who's coming back, what positions, where, all that type of stuff. Started this mini-series earlier in the week and then got busy. We're going to continue to do this at least once once every segment here for the for the next week or two. Um, let's go back to the segment number one's conversation real quick with Jalen Hot. meant to mention this back then, so if you're listening to the whole podcast, it's a little Easter egg treat here in the end, some more Jalen Hyatt conversation. Uh, Jalen Hyatt all over Tennessee's record books, obviously. Single season, um, let's see here, single season receptions. He is tied for seventh with 67. Single game receptions. He is tied for fifth with 11. Single game, single season, excuse me, single season receiving yards. He is second behind Robert Meacham. He's only about 30 yards behind Robert Meacham, and he would have all but passed that if he would have played in the Orange Bowl. 1,267. Single game receiving record. This is hard to believe. 207 receiving yards against Alabama. That is sixth most in a single game in Tennessee history. Kelly Washington at 256 against LSU in 01. Demarius Moore in 2010. Wow, I don't remember that one. Uh, 228 yards against South Carolina. Johnny Mills back in 1966 had 225 yards against Kentucky. Cordell Patterson, I remember that one. 219 against Troy in 2012. And then Willie Galtz had 217 against Vanderbilt in 81. Um... Cedric Tillman made this list. He's ninth on it, 200 yards against Georgia last year. Uh, but that's where Jalen Hyatt stacks up in some of the single season. I got, I got a couple more. Uh, receiving touchdowns, career, Jalen Hyatt's at 19. That's tied for fourth. Single season, of course, that's the program leader with 15. Single game, program leader with five. I mean, you've got tons and tons of guys who are tied with three, uh, to t- tied for number two with three. But Cedric Tillman, excuse me, Jalen Hyatt's all by himself up there, number one with five in a game. So he is littered all across Tennessee's record book in terms of receivers. Um, Congratulations to Jalen Hyatt for going his senior season and the Orange Bowl to go ahead and get ready for the NFL draft. All right, what's this this offensive line look like for Glenn Ellerby? Doing kind of a State of the Union type situation. Uh, who's coming back, who's gone, who's the underclassman, who to look for in spring practice, all that type of stuff. Well, look who's back. Well, we'll start with who's gone. That's the bigger story here. Donnell Wright's really, really good offensive lineman for Tennessee. Pretty much a four-year starter. He's He announced earlier this week again that he is going to play in the, uh, the Reese's Senior Bowl, which means if he plays in that showcase, he gives up his college eligibility. He goes to the NFL. Um, he has not announced that he'll sit out the Orange Bowl, but I've been told that he's going to play in the Orange Bowl. So there's that. But, I mean, Scott's been a four-year starter. He's made 41 starts, 33 straight starts for Tennessee throughout his career. He hasn't allowed a sack in his last 18 games. Uh, so that's a big loss. Jerome Carvin also will be in the East-West Shrine Bowl game. Uh, but he started 42 games across his college career. Uh, he did not allow a sack in 2021. In fact, Carvin allowed just two sacks since the beginning of 2019. Uh, that's interesting. So you got two veteran offensive linemen that were critical in the turnaround of Tennessee's offensive success, no doubt about it. Those are two big losses for Tennessee on the offensive line. But who you got coming back? Well, Cooper Mays. 
Big reason why Tennessee turned the tide at least a little bit this year and found a little bit more consistency offensively, even though it was a 180 from from uh, 2020 last year. Don't get me wrong. Tennessee broke shattered eight school records. I'm not trying to say Tennessee was bad offensively in 2021, but took that next step this year, and I think a lot of that has to do with Cooper Mays being healthy and not missing any time. He sets the pace and the tempo of this offense along with Hendon Hooker at quarterback. Cooper Mays will be back for his senior season, which is really, really good. Uh, Tennessee is set to bring back a tackle and a guard as well, Javante Spragans, uh, who has started at right guard each of the past two seasons, as well as Jeremiah Crawford and or Gerald Mincy at your left tackle. Those two guys split time in 2022. Uh, first was Spragans. See, he picked up SEC Offensive Lineman of the Week honors and following Tennessee's win over Florida. Uh, Jeremiah Crawford and uh, Gerald Mincy pretty much split time at left tackle. In fact, it was almost a true 50-50 split. Let's see here. You had Crawford. He played 407 snaps. Mincy played 405 snaps on the season. So, I mean, it can't get any more even than that. I mean, seriously. Like, like for real. I mean, I guess they both could have played 406, but, I mean, goodness gracious. Uh, that's truly a near 50-50 split. So, you have those two guys who are returning. Parker Ball is a veteran that'll be like a redshirt senior. He can snap if needed uh, to back up Cooper Mays. Tennessee will have to find a backup, offense, uh, a backup center for sure. Uh, if something were to happen to Cooper Mays, then um, it would have been Jerome Carbon who uh, played, you know, would, would have played in this football game, um, just like he did back in 2021. But obviously, Jerome Carbon's not uh, Jerome Carbon's not going to be here next year. So Tennessee's got to find a true backup center next year. Uh, you're also returning three veteran backup offensive linemen that you feel good about. Dane Davis returns. He can play both tackle spots, both guard spots. Ollie Lane can play both guard spots. Can play center as well. Jackson Lampley can play both guard spots. All three of those guys have been relied on each of the past three years at critical points and times to come in and spell and or to come in and play, you know, the rest of a football game. Dane Davis has played a lot. All the lane played a ton in 2021. Jackson Lampley's shown up, you know, every now and again plenty of times. Uh, so it's good to have those three guys back as well. Tennessee's hoping to see a lot from Addison Nichols over the spring. Um, really big, high get. Came in here over. Ohio State, Georgia, North Carolina, pick Tennessee. And um, Tennessee's hoping that he can step up and maybe take a guard spot, uh, maybe be a backup center. So Addison Nichols will be a big spring for him. Coaching staff love, I'll tell you this too, I had a conversation uh, with a member of the coaching staff um, earlier in the season. Uh, this was off the record. Um, and they told me that, uh, I mean, when I say off the record, this this was not in a press conference or anything. It was not behind a microphone. Uh, but they told me that, hey, we love Masai Reddick. We do. I mean, he's got some development. He's got to change his body a little bit. But they they thought that, I mean, they think Masai Reddick has a big future as an offensive lineman in the system. I found that really interesting. So, I mean, that's a good sign. Tennessee also has Mo Clipper. Brian Gant, Mo Clipper is a guard. And then, you know, Brian Grant, RJ Perry, and William Parker still on scholarship um, as offensive linemen. So that's who's coming back. We told you who's leaving. Of course, Jerome Carvin and, and uh, Darnell Wright. Who would be coming in for Tennessee in the class of 2023? Well, uh, Tennessee does its most recent commit is a junior college offensive tackle in Larry Johnson, six foot seven, 365 pounds. I have not seen him in person, but if that is true, your boy's not going to play tackle. He's going to play guard. I can tell you that right now. Um, 365 pounds, six foot seven, Larry Johnson from Hutchinson County Community uh, Hutchinson County uh, Junior College Community College. And, uh, you know, Tennessee was able to add an offensive lineman, which was good. 
Uh, Shamrod Umarov, Sham, um, is the offensive tackle from the prep category of this this class. Four star out of Alpharetta. Uh, according to the On Three Power Rankings, he is six foot six, two hundred thirty five pounds. He's number two hundred and sixty nine in the country. Uh, Tennessee also brought in guards Fison Lang and Aiden Bustle. Aiden Bustle. Uh, is an in-state prospect, one of the first to jump in this class, and so he's really kind of helped build and shape the class. That was a big priority for Tennessee back in last winter. Aim Bustle remains to be there. Vice and Lang's been in here the last couple of months. So, uh, you know, Tennessee took a big swing and missed on a whole lot of offensive tackles, but Sham was one of their four that they wanted. They did get him. I think Tennessee still needs to go out and find an offensive tackle via the transfer portal. Got enough interior guys. You need more tackles. So, that's something to, to see for Tennessee as the offseason continues. Offensive line, big plus. Again, Tennessee, only team in the country to average over 300 yards passing, over 200 yards rushing each and every game. It all starts up front. Tennessee's offensive line paved the way for the nation's number one rushing touchdown offense. That's kind of weird how I phrased that. Meaning Tennessee led the nation with 39 rushing rushing touchdowns. Of course, you have to have a, an offensive line to, to, to block for that. And Of course, Blinnikoff Award winner and a Heisman should have been a damn Heisman finalist and Hayden Hooker, who was not. But Tennessee's number one ranked offense in the country in scoring and total yards. Offensive line did a great job for Tennessee this year, and it's set to return at least three starters, three and a half, if you count that uh, that other offensive tackle in the cycle there. All right, or the rotation there. Good stuff today. Jalen Hyatt off to the NFL. No Orange Bowl for him, no senior season for him. Yeah, Aaron Carter, who committed to Tennessee, and we're going to talk a whole lot more recruiting coming up tomorrow with John Garcia. And we just now went over the Tennessee offensive line. Who's left in the cupboard? Who's coming in? What's that going to look like come spring? Been a fun show, and I can't thank you enough for tuning in and hanging out with me here today. I love you guys. We will be back tomorrow. Again, no show on Monday. No show on Monday, but we will have fun with it tomorrow with John Garcia. Thanks so much for making Locked On Balls your first listen. Check out Locked On Sports today. Make that your second listen right behind Locked On Balls each and every day. Same time, same place. Let's do it again tomorrow. This is Locked On Balls.